The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello and welcome to The Dane and Derek Show, a podcast where two nerdy friends attempt to keep in touch and shoot the shit. I'm Derek Aiello, a writer, director, and occasional D&D player, and with me as always is my buddy, Dane Fogdell. Hey, I'm Dane, a writer, musician, podcaster, and lover of tabletop RPGs. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. It's been a minute since we've recorded, and last time we talked was in person. Yeah, yeah. What it was a, nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice to go to a bar on guys' night. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The The bar we went to, they were having like a guys' night uh, for, uh, which... I don't know why it struck me. It's so funny. I just, I guess I've never been to, I've never, I've never had a marketing thing like that. No, like, yeah, like, same, I, same. I, I've never, I've never come across that. That's, it was really, it was really funny. Um, yeah. To be clear, we were outside social distance from every other table. We were not actually at a bar. It has been many, many months since I was physically sitting at a bar. Yeah. But you want to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. So the icebreaker for today is really, really simple. One word to describe last night's presidential debate. Fuck. 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 That's that's my word. Um, <laughs> well, okay, what about you? Because I could go off on this shit. Fuck. uh i feel like that's an easy one to agree on yeah i'm not gonna lie um i i didn't watch it last night i watched it this morning uh i was in kind of a place last night where i was just like i don't i can't you know like it the same words are going to be said tomorrow morning as they were right now so i can watch them then (sighs) there was the 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 I cried is what I'll just say. I cried. It was so demoralizing and sad. Um, because for me, on the one hand, I, I, I like following politics and I have strong opinions about politics. I do. But the reason I do is because I'm a believer in this in democracy like genuine genuinely i know that sounds really silly and on some level but genuinely i love democracy i love the idea that we collectively decide what's best for ourselves and it's messy and it sucks and it's the 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 worst system of government unless you count all the other systems we've ever come up with right so to see it our democracy dragged through the mud like that was so sad. But the thing that got me the most was Biden talking about his sons, about Bo Biden, who served our country, and Hunter Biden, who struggled with addiction and has, by all accounts, come through it quite well. Um, and for Trump to for him to take that and try and 
hurt someone over it to to try and to sully a man for his sons both of whom battled disease one who he lost the one he lost served our country and defended us i don't i don't i don't this isn't a political statement i don't think it's horrible i i don't i don't care what you believe about taxes or how healthcare should be administered to people one of those men tries to do right i don't think he always succeeds and one of those men is genuinely an evil person he's he's still a human being i don't wish him any harm or anything i i I, i'm not a person who prays but if i was i i would pray for him and his soul and hope that he can find it in his heart to change to be better to something and i firmly believe that even a man like that has the capacity for good somewhere but all I watched was a hate on one side of the stage. That's all I could see. Yeah, man. I think the way you put it definitely sums up yeah. how rough last night was for a lot of people. Yeah. Watching. And that was one moment, right? Like, Yeah. <laughs> just one moment in a series of moments that were hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I will say Biden, when he did, when he said, um, what was it? Like, she just said something like, Oh, shut up, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I know that politically speaking, that wasn't the best thing to do and like decorum and all that. But I was like, yeah, please. Somebody tell him to stop talking. Like, Oh my God. Like that, like that was, that was such a tame way of saying what I've been feeling for four years. Just mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. Like, Oh my God. Like, ugh. yeah. It shows yeah. that Biden's got bite and that's a good thing. I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that we've gotten that off our chest, which I appreciate, honestly, genuinely, I appreciate. <laughs> that was therapeutic. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, how have you been? And <laughs> what have you been uh, up to? <laughs> uh, um, well, because of bureaucracy, this week has, I had to get back-to-back COVID tests on Monday and Tuesday. Um, Damn. Uh, yeah, because uh, Gracie went to Wisconsin to help our friend, and uh, for numerous reasons, they had to go out there. They were in kind of the heart of the country where, like, people don't always wear masks, so it was a little risky. When they came back, we all kind of decided, okay, everybody just go get tested. 
And then my job just came out with the policies like you have to come into campus. If you're going to work on campus, you got to got to come in. You got to get a test. And I was like, oh, OK, shit. Like, and I was like, can I can I bring mine? Like, I just got one. And they're like, no, we need yours and uh, or we need ours. I, you need to come do it with us. And uh. I was like, fine, you know, like, whatever. If if this is what it's got to be, this is what it's got to be. I mean, and I was like, this is so much fun. Um, so a lot of COVID tests waiting on some results um same but same. uh that aside um been kind of just catching up like i've done a lot of writing this week which has been awesome like really catching up on on writing that i put aside for a while um just because it's so long form i finally uh i finally figured out what writing a piece as long as what i'm writing right now which is novel length uh what it feels like it feels like emptying a swimming pool with a teaspoon (laughs) oh it it absolutely can be done uh it even could be meditative it's not hard even necessarily in like a moment to moment way but it's like you can only do so much at a time uh it takes forever uh and it, that's uh it's uh yeah but uh we're, we're getting down to the bottom scraping scraping down towards the bottom but yeah but what about you what you been up to i've talked a lot this episode already <laughs> all good man i honestly have been a mix of tired i've been very tired this past week since i got back from colorado I basically got back and immediately hopped back into work. I've been sort of thrust into a situation where I'm taking on a lot of really awesome responsibilities and I'm starting to get where I want to be at the company. Mm -hmm. But it's been a lot of work and a lot of meetings and a lot of catching up with people to figure out what I need to do in the next 10 to 20 days to ensure that they have live shows ready to go be broadcasted. Whoa. So nice. that's been my job these past few days. And uh, it's been a little, uh, a bit of a whirlwind, but my one saving grace has been uh, Breath of the Wild that I have fully invested myself into. and uh, Worth it. Yeah. When I'm not working, I'm literally playing Breath of the Wild and so it's like the exact opposite of yeah so it's like it's it's like the exact opposite of being like creative after work instead it's just like i need to decompress from the world okay which i think is good before you go on though i'm actually going i'm going to disagree with you on that point about being about it not being creative one Hmm. i think video games are an expressive medium there is some creativity involved i would wager that you play breath of the wild differently than i do and differently than my girlfriend gracie does Gracie's very sneaky. She stealths her way through most problems and only fights what she absolutely has to. I approach it like Dark Souls. Give me a stick, I will beat that 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 lion man. Um <laughs> uh, Yeah, I yeah, no, that's a you know that that is a fair point about the game. I think that's been my favorite part about it is that it it incentivizes you to play. It doesn't incentivize you to do any sort of one there's no one way to play the game. Mm-mm. Like, I noticed it doesn't incentivize killing, which no. I think is great. And, and it incentivizes you to be vegetarian. It, 
that, that, that I think is like the biggest in- incentive is it encourages you to pick plants. Yeah. <laughs> Second thing though, uh, a thing I think about with creativity all the time is that to me, creativity is like breathing. It's when you make something, you're exhaling, but you can't exhale forever. Mm. You have to breathe in. And the breathing in in this metaphor is taking in other people's work or taking in experiences of life. Uh, You know, like something I I often think is I don't think I'm ever not writing in a sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like our good friend Robert, and I think I may have even brought this up at, at, at guys night uh what was this like it was like a year and a half ago he and i are out at a different bar down in boulder and he's talking about an internship that he went to vaguely it was about creating ceramics uh, to go on space uh, spacecraft because ceramic can take a lot of heat right i remember that you did bring it up yeah uh and i was like that sounds awesome he's like it's super strong ceramic what he meant was it could take a lot of heat and could do certain things. What I heard is like, so giant robot armor could be made out of ceramic, eh? So you could have giant mechs that are glazed like beautiful pots, huh? And now <laughs> that's like a big thing in my podcast right now. Um, so like, <laughs> like or like an, uh, a month ago, I was out on a hike with a different friend and he he's a brewer he he brews beer and so he knows all these esoteric laws from like the middle ages about making beer that that like are why belgian beer is so different from german beer mm-hmm. like literal law like it was written on law books you could go to prison if you if you were did different weird beer stuff <laughs> uh, and i think about that i'm like i don't know if that's important to me but now i have that and, you know, like, mm-hmm. you playing Breath of the Wild is going to come out in your art. It just is. You're breathing it in right now. Some part of it's going to come out. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I don't think you're going home and not being, like, doing... You're not being lazy. You're not not doing something. You're You're engaging with the world and other people's ideas and art and, I, and, and, and feelings, you know, and you're breathing in and sooner or later you're going to breathe out. You just filmed a whole short that you've been working on for some time. You just, you got to breathe in now. Like, yeah. Yeah. That is very fair. That is, you know, putting it in context in that context makes a lot of sense. And uh, I appreciate the wisdom you've dropped on this episode. I'm, I'm feeling preachy. I got my soapbox out. I'm feeling tall. You know, that's a good thing. I think uh, I think we need more of that Dane Fogdell every now and then. Well, other people might have other opinions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Video games or some some Video games. Yeah, video mm. games, Breath of the Wild specifically, which brings me to our next topic, which is uh, the top three video games you've played this year and one game that you think... Um, or that you think or I think the other needs to play. Okay. And definitely one of my top three games is Breath of the Wild. Mm. 100%. Nice. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. I played that twice through. Yeah, oh, twice man. through. I I thought I was going to have to start over because I thought I screwed up so badly. And no. then 
I got like eight more hours in and I was like, oh, I've barely scratched the surface of this game. Leaving the Great Plateau is not even anywhere near where I need to be in the game to achieve any sort of final boss fight. So I was like, okay, I got plenty of time to correct my mistakes. Yeah. Wait, what did you do that made that you felt like was a mistake? I invested in hearts instead of stamina. Oh, funny. Uh, I never invested in stamina once. Really? No. Wow. I remember when I said I played it like Dark Souls. Oh, fair. Fair, fair, fair. I just like gliding. Oh, well, sure. Fair. Yeah. I like gliding and I like uh, I like sprinting. I like running away from things. I run away from a lot of things. No, Um, I face that shit head on. (laughs) I think the 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 way I would describe my link is that he's a very eclectic link that uh, likes junk and (laughs) uh, likes to uh, take it easy, I suppose. Um, I I I very much avoid combat at all cost. No, no, thrill seeker. Well, combat seeker. Yeah. That said, the, the last four shrines I've done have all been combat tests, and that's been really, that's been a great learning curve for me because I keep forgetting that there's certain abilities and skills you can do, like dodging, sh- like you know, jumping left, jumping right, backflipping, blocking mm-hmm. things. I keep forgetting that I can do that in combat. And that's such an integral part of the gameplay and survival that sooner or later I'm going to have to fight Ganon, so I better get good at fighting. <laughs> yep, you do have to. You do have five bosses. Well, yeah, you don't even have to do the four of them. To be fair, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I've heard that you don't have to do any of it. You can just go right to Hyrule Castle. But knowing me, I'm going to do them all because, cray. yeah, that's the other thing. Is like I'm really invested in the story. And it's sweet. Yeah. It's really cool. I like it a lot. Yeah, I've never been able to play a Legend of Zelda game. This is my first true experience playing a Legend of Zelda game. So I'm gonna sound like such an asshole. I've only the only other one I've played is the original. Oh wow. Yeah. You're a real OG. Uh, yeah, no, it's just my uncle was a fan, so I, mm. I picked it up. It's actually it seems sometimes to me that they're the first one in this and breath of the wild are the most similar. They they're just kind of like the most open and free in a sense. Gotcha. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, what video games have you played this year? Oh, Oh, we're going back and forth. Okay. All right then. Yeah. Um, you're going to be really pleased about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, dragon age two. Oh, Dragon Age 2 is great. It's it's you know a lot of people hate that game, but it's definitely my one of my favorites in the trilogy. Okay. So here's so here's the thing I really like about Dragon Age 2. Uh I have played Inquisition a couple of times. I have not touched one yet. Not in a real way. I've only I've only played a little bit and I was just like I don't like this. Um Dragon Age 2 the setting and scope is the coolest to me. I fucking mm-hmm. love that it just takes place in one city and kind of the surrounding area. I, I fucking love that. Yeah. It's it's like self-contained and it's easy to understand. Like Inquisition's cool. Uh but 
it's so grand. Like it's it's like and the world is being saved again. But no, like in Dragon Age 2, it's like, nope, it's just this one city and it's kind of really personal and everybody's a fuck up in like a really, really big way. And I kind of adore that. Like, I really like how kind of quirky it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think the combat's the best of all three. I'm just going to say. I agree. It. I agree. I like, It yeah. feels the best. Like, the amount of damage that you output versus how quickly the enemies go down feels right. Um, mm-hmm. Origins feels a little clunky. Like, just it feels a little old. It kind of reminds me of KOTOR. Um, mm-hmm. And Inquisition... I don't know how they fucked this up, but the combat feels terrible unless you're playing the Reaver type warrior. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just not fun to play. Like every enemy takes forever to kill. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Something got weird in the in the in Inquisition. So yeah, I really liked I really like Dragon Age two. I'm playing it a second time right now. Mm-hmm. Um which yeah. I'll, I'll just i'll piggyback because the other big game other game i mm-hmm. played this year uh is actually inquisition i finally really gave it a playthrough mm-hmm. um because the way I, gracie my girlfriend she loves these this series loves it more than any other and the frustrating thing about inquisition for me is that i love everything but the combat like, I love how the story plays. I love the interactions. I love exploring Skyhold and making decisions on the war table. I just, I don't want to go fight. I don't want to go fight things. And the game just yeah. wants you to go fight things. Uh, like, I, I, the way I described it to her once is like, 50% of this game is my favorite game of all time. And 50% of this game just drives me up the wall. Um, hmm. But I played all the way through, finally. And that's what convinced me to try two, and I really liked two. So, yeah. So on that, I will say Inquisition is my least favorite of the three. Interesting. I put 30, 40 hours into Inquisition, and I gave up um, because the combat is the worst. I know it is the freaking worst. It's it's so uninteresting and mm-hmm. so clunky, and just like it's trying to be a mixture of one and two, but it doesn't yeah. really set itself apart yeah the problem like yeah question what did you play in inquisition class wise i played a warrior a canary warrior what type Uh, i didn't get get that that far far. i didn't get that far if you ever want to give another try just push through until you can get the reaver class specialization Mm -hmm. of of warrior there is the damage output gets high enough yeah, no, it's I know it's insane because they, they had it in the original Dragon Age Origins and it's 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 a lot of fun, but for me it was just the combat like the combat in Dragon Age 2 is fluid. It flows, you feel you you get an adrenaline rush while playing it. Right, and you're Any it's class. actually yeah, and it's clear what's happening. That's the yes. other thing about Inquisition is it's muddy. You can't follow yeah what's happening and what does what like i've played it once as a two as a rogue and that felt great you like every like big seek uh, like sneak attack hit felt good like it was like mm-hmm. oh that person's dead now boom like you could yeah. feel like if i use this ability the enemy's probably going to go down or maybe half health and then now i'm playing a mage and i'm like okay i'm really clear on what i can do and it's like boom this area of minions is clear i'll go throw a big old fireball over there 
and I'll let my rogues and my warrior mop up the tougher people, right? Like, yeah. it's so much, it's so much clearer. Like, it doesn't have some, like, something about Inquisition that is good is the sound effects are really great and well-timed. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they, like, and Dragon Age 2 doesn't quite have that, but that's more of, like, a limitation of the era and the technology, if you ask me. Yeah. But. So, to that point... I think you should give Origins a try because Origins is sort of, in my opinion, like a lot of people hate Dragon Age 2 because you can't customize your character. You're stuck playing Hawk, which I think is its greatest strength. I like the fact that you play Hawk and you're in Hawk's world and it's a framed narrative and Hawk is flawed. Everybody else around, like you said, everyone else is flawed and messed up and you're sort of... It's a, it's like, it's like a nice middle ground between a AAA game and an indie game in terms it really of the experience. Is. And Origins does what where I think Inquisition fails the most, which is in Origins they create a really personal connection between you and the story as a character because it drops mm. you into a world that goes on basically a three act structure, whereas Inquisition drops you in at the beginning of Act Two. Yeah, of kinda. the three-act structure. And that's what I disliked the most overall about Inquisition is just I felt no attachment to save the world. Whereas Origins, you get to have the world and you get to watch it burn around you and then you get to decide how you want or if you want to even save it. And I think that is, it takes a long time. I put maybe 250 hours into that game when I first played it in high school. Wow. And... The second time I played it, I put in maybe like 70 hours um, because I, I knew a lot about the game and I knew how to build a better character and on all that. But it's very much like KOTOR. It's very much like Baldur's Gate. Very much like Baldur's Gate. Mm. Um, the devs consider it a spiritual successor. And I think if you play it with that mentality, it's a lot easier to get through than if you play it with the mentality of Dragon Age 2. Because Dragon Age 2 is so unique. There isn't quite a triple A game like it in my opinion. No, no, no. I like I think that's the thing that I really Yeah, I can't think of another game that does that quite yeah. that. That takes like the triple A approach to to like party members and NPCs, mm-hmm. but doesn't force you into such a big narrative. Yeah, like Mass Effect kind of, but Mass Effect is more like Inquisition and Origins than it is Dragon Age 2. Yeah, Dragon Age 2 is weird. And I get why a lot of people don't like it. I really do. Because like every character is as hateable as lovable. And except I think Varric. I think Varric's the one exception. Varric's great. I think if you dislike Varric, you're kind of a bad person. I'm just, it's a strong opinion, but it's my opinion. Um... I mean that chest hair though. <laughs> that chest hair though. Um No, I I yeah. So kind of Dragon Age has been my my jam. That's fantastic, so, man. Okay, so you got you got to give me your second though. We're not even there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so then all three of the games I've really liked this year all hinge on one key factor, and that's mm. gameplay. Gotcha. So Breath of the Wild is number 1. Yep. Number two and number three, because I'll give them to you right now. Mm. Or, yeah, so number two is Jedi Fallen Order. Solid. I played that too. Yeah, I 
I'm not a, I'm not necessarily the biggest Dark Souls fan, but the gameplay in that game it just encourages you to enjoy it. Like I almost 100%ed that game and I never 100% games. Like I think when I beat Dragon Age Origins, I had 60% of the game complete. Something mm. ridiculous like that. And I that was after like 250 hours of gameplay, like an <laughs> insane amount of time. Um Whereas, like, I put 50 hours in the Jedi Fallen Order, and that was more bang for my buck than I expected to get out of it. And, like, I it, it has the Dragon Age 2 weird bit about it, where it's a, it's a narrative that you don't control, but you get to control how you play it. And I think that that's sort of like what I liked about Breath of the Wild as well, in that you know Link is going to fight Ganon. That's every Legend of Zelda game. Mm-hmm. But how Link fights Ganon and how Link goes about saving the world is completely up to you, the player. Yeah. And I really love that. And all of this to say, this is the third and final game that I've really enjoyed this year and a game that I think you should play because it is out on Switch, I found out. Um, Hades from Supergiant. Yeah. So I good. Not played, I've not played that yet. Uh, it's, it's, I'm going to finish Dragon Age 2 again. Mm-hmm. Because I'm right in the middle of it, and then Hades is kind of yeah next next. It's on, on Switch, and apparently it's even better on Switch than it is on PC. I believe so. It. I, yeah, I, I believe it too. I'm I'm probably gonna buy it on Switch after I beat Breath of the Wild, just to just cause. Mm. Um, but all three of these games have really great gameplay and a story that, while you can't control it, you can play it in a way that makes it feel unique to you. And that's something that I've come to really value in video games over the last three, four years. Because while I love, you know, all the dialogue tree options and all the romance options and all these other options and all these character customization bars I can slide around, what I really just want is a good time and Mm -hmm. gameplay and mechanics and like level structure is so key to that. And all mm-hmm. three of these games do it so well and encourage you to keep playing. And nice. that's something that I, I feel like it's so hard to strike a balance with. You know, it, it's 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 like music or film, right? You have to strike a balance between the art you want to make, but the commercial value people probably will pay for. That's exactly what all these games are. It's the the story that people want to feel involved in but the gameplay people really will enjoy, you know? And Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's where I'm at. I've been playing a lot of games that normally I would never play because they're too video gamey or too hard for a casual gamer like me. But all three of these games have such inviting um, gameplay mechanics that it's really hard to not keep playing. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll sneak in. I'll. I've got to sneak in an honorable mention, real okay. quick. Okay. I played okay. Streets of Rage Four. This Streets year. of Rage Four. I've never heard of that. Uh. So Streets of Rage is an old series at this point. Um. I think going back to the early '80s. NES. Wow. Or SNES. Maybe it's late '80s. Anyways, uh, it's old enough that uh the fact that it had a female char- playable character is historic it's she's like one of the first um oh. a- anyhow uh it's a side scrolling beat em up game like straight up 
no not super complicated uh, like just like an arcade it was like an arcade game and it was really fun soundtrack's great art is kick-ass uh just over the top um 80s like you showed me a movie once where somebody gets thrown back in time and they're like uh and someone tells him it's the viking age and he goes oh explains the laser raptors or some bullshit oh it's kung exa- fury yes it is exactly that vibe it's it's oh, like great like all of your care like two of the playable characters are like kung fu masters with magic and one of them has big robot arms and another one she has magic through her like electric guitar that she beats the shit out of people with um (laughs) and you're fighting robots and ninjas and like it's dumb it's so dumb and good like very fun everyone should just go play it it's like 20 bucks um but the real game uh this year the like best game i played this year still is uh fire emblem three houses Mm. which is what i'm also going to recommend you go play it's on the switch exclusive right um and it's basically i saw it described once as game of thrones meets harry potter and that's pretty accurate uh basic premise is you get roped into being a teacher for a bunch of essentially nobles and high rank uh, and the children of high ranking military officials mm-hmm. uh, from three great nations about five years before a big old war is about to happen. Um, and you get to lead a house. You get to lead the, like the Gryffindor equivalent. And like you're talking about with like a lot of choices, there are a number of choices. There are four main paths. The whole game can go down uh with drastically different endings genuinely um and also different truths like if you play certain uh certain certain pathways like certain characters have slightly different pasts like that's how much it changes but once you've selected once you've kind of locked in uh it's the same it's you have a story like there are very minor choices you can make like you can make some choices about who you romance and you can make some choices uh, about who uh, fights and, 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 and whatnot and like what the classes they take. Uh, but the, the main strokes of the story are the same. And there's two things about it that I think you'd really like. One, it's mechanically speaking, uh, it's not quite as inviting as I think you you're, you're feeling right now. But it is kind of, in a sense, kind of classic D and D. Like mm-hmm. you are, you're, you have your characters, and they they deal damage on their turn, and you move them around tactically. It's it's a tactics game. Like it's one half a tactics game during battle, and the rest of the time it's you're just you're you're talking to people. Uh, like kind of like uh, kind of like Dragon Age in that sense. Or, mm-hmm. uh, but the other thing I will say is I've played it four times um and each time was awesome and different there's still there's still an ending i haven't done but there is a mode in fire emblem where if a character goes down they die permanently Mm -hmm. and like the character is gone like just 
gone. Um, and it lends this amazing tension to the fights. Um, like I managed to get through when I finally played that way, I ended up losing two characters in the very final battle. Um, and it was heartbreaking because you get a time, like, like your character gets like an actual in the story, uh, time reversal mechanic. So you can, if someone dies, you can take back a couple turns and like try again. Um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I got to the end of the fight and I was like, I'm out of time. Like, I don't have any more of my time turning back. And I've been sunk into this battle for the last two hours. Um, and I legitimately cannot game out in my head how I get to the end of this fight. How I defeat, like, because like, it puts you at, at a slight disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game works best if you can, like, sacrifice a, a, a piece here or there, kind of like chess. Like, it's like, no, no, yeah. no, you're, you're not going to make it through the whole game with all your pieces. Except the game's like, but what if you cared about your pieces? Um, <laughs> Dude, narratively, that is so good. Yeah, so like I lost uh, a character who who's, I don't like him, but he's kind of like a Severus Snape where it's like, I kind of see it and you're an interesting character. I lost him because I needed him to cover. I needed him to take down an, an enemy and cover for someone else. Mm. And then... Uh, I needed someone to literally stand in a on like a on like a particular uh, tile and block the enemies from following my other soldiers mm-hmm. because and I needed them to just hold out for a while and then they fell and I just needed them to like make a heroic stand so everybody else could go face the final enemy. Um, and I'd spent eighty hours with these characters and like you were their teacher and you know their struggles and the things that make them nervous and scared and then you send them to die it's it's this horrifying and very interesting and beautiful experience yeah yeah i just from how you described that i think once you get past the prologue and i guess act 1 of dragon age origins i think you'll really enjoy it because there's a right. lot of similar elements in from what you just described in Dragon Age Origins that make Origins ultimately the standout game in terms of story of the trilogy. Okay. I'll I'll give that. I'll get I'll I'll put it on my list. I'll put yeah. it on the list after I've okay, so right now my list is Hades, mm-hmm. uh Spirit Farer, Kentucky Route mm-hmm. Zero, Dragon Age Origins. Nice. Mine is uh I need to finish Hades, but right now I'm stuck in the... Well, I'm not stuck. I'm actively exploring and enjoying Breath of the Wild. Um, and then after that, I... <sighs> after that, I haven't even thought about what's after Breath of the Wild because I'm fully prepared to put like 300 hours into this game. Fair. <laughs> you may uh, just need to live... You, you may need to live in Hyrule for a little bit, and there's no shame. Yeah, honestly, I've never... This game checks all my boxes with an open world game. I can do the story however I please. And I, yeah, I, I have no complaints about the game. 
Two things, two <laughs> things I, about this. One is a very little thing, and one is something that I adore about that. So something that often throws me about open world games like that is like they they often introduce like a world ending threat. Like take Skyrim for example. Uh, there's like a world ending dragon, and then mm-hmm. you're just like, I can just go be an assassin. It's very weird, right? Yeah. One thing I adore about Breath of the Wild is basically they're just like, hey, you're not ready. So everything is training. Everything. Right? Like, yeah, maybe you're out collecting berries and whatnot and learning how to cook. But that's also how you're going to have the best healing items for when you face Ganon. Yeah, you're exploring these little nooks and crannies. But that's where the shrines are. So you can have enough hearts to get the Master Sword to go fight ganon right like everything mm-hmm. actually secretly is still building to ganon right because like these little like like you're doing these like little side puzzles and getting kokorok seeds and uh well that's so you can carry more items and more weapons and such to go fight ganon like everything builds on itself right um and i think that's really beautiful game design honestly yeah. second thing have you seen any of the dragons yet Yes, I actually I saw the the one um the lightning one and then I freed the the frost one. Nice. Um and that Very was nice. like that was such a wholesome experience because you're just you see the dragon take off and then you realize oh shit, I have to go chase it. Like yeah. I'm like I'm in a bot like like you don't realize you're in an event right now and you're like oh crap. So you like run and you jump off the cliff and start gliding. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, this is going to kill me. So I need to be, I need to like make sure I make every arrow shot count. Yep. Because and... it's, it's, um, it, it trick. It's like, Hey, guess what? You're playing shadow of the Colossus now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just so, it was so rewarding to save, uh, Farage. I think it is. I can't um, remember. Yeah. It was so rewarding to do that and like gliding and using updraft to fly above it so you can shoot the taint off of it and Mm -hmm. it's just like so it just it's so cinematic and it's also beautiful that uh you can stumble into it yeah no i i literally was trying to solve a puzzle with like the three trees above hateno village and i was like oh that looks weird it looks like there's a shrine up there but it's like infected. Let me go check it out. Yep. And I like spent, I like used all of my resources getting to the freaking top of that mountain only to be like, Oh shit, I'm screwed. I'm going to die. There is a infected dragon up here Yeah. only to like somehow get through it. And now I'm like, well, that was fun. That was so like rewarding in terms of the story. Mm-hmm. Have you found any of the whale skeletons yet? Um, I think I saw one from a distance, but I didn't glide down to go see it yet. You should check those out. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. I, I'm currently on a quest to recover all of my memories. I think I have oh, like five or six left. That is my favorite part of the whole game. Honestly, it is so cool how you can discover something at the very end of your memory line or something at the very beginning, and you sort of get to see this relationship with Princess Zelda build and the relationship with the other characters build. Oh, it's so good. And it's, it's so just like, good. it's just, it's so interesting because you, as Link, don't feel anything because you don't know these people. Your memory's been wiped. But through these 
flashbacks, you're like, oh, maybe I do care. Maybe I do remember that. And like you mm-hmm. as a player begin to act like Link, and that's such good storytelling. Yeah, uh, so is. Well, I think we're about at it for uh, for this week. I think that's true. This was a good one, you know. Mm-hmm. Started started in a real real low place, but we ended on a real high note. So uh, yeah, yeah, I was close to crying at the beginning, and I'm smiling now. I'm glad. I'm glad that we could both be smiling and just chatting about video games. I'm excited to. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably actually going to hop back into Breath of the Wild after this. <laughs> uh, dude, being able to play on the go and in front of a TV, so good. I love the Switch so much. I love that system so fucking much. Yeah, I'm so glad I went all out and got a like a full-on Switch. Worth it. Not just the Switch Lite. It, is, it has been the best splurge I've had in a very long time. Totally worth it. <laughs> well, and with that... That's it for this week, everybody. Uh, you can see what movies I'm watching on Letterboxd at Derek Aiello. That's D-E-R-E-K-A-I-E-L-L-O. And conveniently, I'm also at Derek Aiello everywhere else. Uh, Dane, where uh, where can we find you hanging on the internet these days? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dane underscore Fogdall. That's D-A-N-E underscore F-O-G-D-A-L-L. Uh, and you can listen to my show Diceology, like the science of dice, on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, catch you all next time. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye.